Welcome back, you beautiful souls, to another week and another episode of Life is Messy. So awesome to have you back here. And this week, I am having a look back on a recent trip that I did to the bush. I flew back to South Africa and went to go and join my parents and my sister on safari in the bush. So it was my mother's 60th birthday, my mother, Juju, who I just adore, for her 60th birthday, she thought, oh my God, what a wonderful thing to do. Let me take my husband and my two daughters, pop them into the car and drive for hours and hours and hours on end every single day, moving from one camp to the next. What could go wrong? And uh, so that's what we did. And so in this week's episode, I am looking back on some of the, not only the things we saw and the experiences we had, but more importantly, the lessons, the lessons that I learned whilst in the bush and how they can apply not only to my life, but to your life, to your relationships and your business and how you are showing up in the world. So sit back and let's get messy. My name is Kate Schroeter. I'm a certified life and success coach. I combine feminine energetics and mindset to help women just like you create businesses and lives that excite them. I run retreats. I work with clients one-on-one and run incredible group coaching programs. I know that when women get together, magical things happen. I also know that life can be messy. And so this podcast is the place that we combine both the mess and the magic. So welcome. So for those of you who don't know where the Kruger National Park is, it is in the northern part of South Africa, and it is one of Africa's largest game reserves. So it's got all of the big five, so lions and leopards, elephant, rhino, buffalo, and everything else in between, like, you know, giraffes and wildebeest and zebra, um, and every bird and just every buck, whatever. There were so many animals in there. Um, It's about 20,000 square kilometers, so really a massive body of land and an incredibly popular place. And also, I have never been there before. That's not 100% true. I did go with an ex of mine probably about a year ago. He took me to a private game lodge um, up in the Kruger or right next door to the Kruger, which was so wonderful. But it's like a very luxurious experience where you arrive and everything is taken care of. They feed you, they take you on game drives. You know, you have wine, there's a beautiful pool. It's like you don't have to do a lot. It's very luxurious and calm. Um, It's the exact opposite of the experience that I had with my family. All right, so let's just be very, very clear about that. Instead, before we even left for this trip, my darling mother, Juju, had said like, you need to pack light. You can each pack one like tiny backpack of clothing for the trip. And my sister, Ratty, Ratty and I were like, what are you talking about? Like, we can't, like, I'm flying from Dubai and I'm basically leaving directly from the park, flying back to Dubai. Like, how am I going to pack in a backpack? Anyway, the compromise was Ratty and I decided to share a bag. Um, So that was already a drama that we had overpacked and we had this big suitcase. 
And then we were in this car, um, my dad's car, which is like an SUV, 4x4 type vibe. So the back was packed. We packed all our own food. We were self-catering. We were moving from like campsite to campsite. We weren't camping. We were staying in the chalets, but we were moving every day and moving like our way through the park because Juju thought it would be a good idea for us to like see as much of the park as possible. So just understand that the Schroeters as a whole, like my family, we are not very good at being organized. We are not good at following a routine. We're not good at like structure and packing. Um, I would say that as a whole, we're not incredibly patient people. Um, And that maybe our communication is not always that on point um, in moments of heightened stress and anxiety. So again, choosing to put the four of us in a car and in this environment for a week is just, it's very perplexing. It was incredibly perplexing. And Ratty and I often said to each other in the build up to this journey, like, what on earth are they thinking? Like, how do they think that this is all going to go smoothly? But anyway, we've all survived to tell the tale because I'm now back in Dubai. And sometimes having a little bit of distance allows you to look back on the moment and the adventure and the thing that was happening in your life and gives you a little bit more perspective and a little bit more clarity. So it is with that clarity and that perspective that today I am going to be going through the seven things that I learned in the bush, right? The number one thing that I learned, and this is in no particular order, actually, I've just listed them in some kind of order. But one of the things that I learned is that I am not a park person. And this became quite a saying for us on this trip, but I am not a park person. And let me just explain to you what a park person is, right? These are seasoned bush people. I'm not allowed to say bush people, apparently. Ratty said to me, no, you can't say that. It's like cultural appropriation or something. Um, But these are people that visit the park regularly. They spend a lot of time in the bush, okay? And... They have a certain look about them. They have certain clothes. They drive certain cars. They have picnic baskets. They are so organized. They like everything has its place. They look different. They talk different. They just fit in. They all they recognize each other. And it was glaringly obvious to us on uh, day one of being in the park. Um, we pulled into one of these rest stops, which are so beautiful. It's like this place where they'll have a little shop and usually a little restaurant and it's under trees and there's picnic tables and all sorts of things. And everyone kind of like pulls in there and you can either eat your breakfast or your lunch in the restaurant. There'll be someone there making like rooster cook, which is very much a South African bread Uh, like a bread roll and they stuff it with, you know, mince or egg and bacon. Um, So you could choose to eat that or, and this is what park people do, or you unpack your car, which is all strategically packed. So within easy reach for you is a picnic basket where the mother park person in the morning has packed that picnic basket and there's cold meats and rolls and eggs and bacons and little salts and peppers and little jars of mustard and tomato sauce all perfectly packed in there and then daddy park person 
goes and gets his Scottle, which is a South African portable gas frying pan. I honestly don't know how else I could describe it except like that. It's a gas bottle with a long arm on the top and fitted on top of that arm is a very large, it almost looks like a a paella pan, but it's like a saucepan in a way. And you turn up the heat, you throw some oil on it, and then Daddy Park person is going to fry the eggs and the bacon while all the other Daddy Park people stand around. And Mommy Park person is putting a tablecloth on the picnic table, unpacking the picnic basket. The kids are running around underneath the trees. You know, all the Mommy Park people are together unpacking and buttering bread rolls and things. And it's just, it is a scene. It is a movement. All right. And... When the Schroters arrive at this rest stop, it just becomes very, very glaringly obvious to us that we do not fit in here. I most certainly was able to say, I am not a park person. And I mean, I'm wearing jeans for starters. Everyone else is in khakis, you know, this African khaki colors. Um, People are like in hiking boots. Um, Everyone's wearing like a buff. And it's just, it's just so very different. And the lesson kind of there, or the way that I was feeling there is that I would, where am I comfortable? Where is a place that I walk into where I'm comfortable, where I I walk in and I feel like, oh, these are my people, I fit in here. And for me, it's like if I go to a really fancy restaurant, you know, I never feel out of place. I'm always like, yes, I 100% belong here. A nice, fancy, luxurious hotel. I'm like, yes, absolutely. This is my vibe. This is my place. But to be out here with these people, if, if a park person might have arrived at my luxurious hotel in their khaki clothes with their picnic basket, everyone else in that environment would turn around and look at them and be like, you don't fit in here. You know, and that could feel very uncomfortable for that park person. But now it's in the reverse. There's just park people as far as the eye can see. There's a picnic basket on every single table. And so now when I walk in, now I stand out and the feeling for me is like, you don't belong here. And I just really felt like that was such an important lesson is that don't always worry about trying to make yourself fit in wherever you are. Rather, if you feel like that isn't your place and you feel like you don't fit in and it doesn't even resonate with you, then maybe that is just not your place and maybe those are just not your people. And that's perfectly okay. Because then if you just leave that environment and you keep searching and you keep showing up as your true authentic self, your people are out there. Your people are out there and you are going to find your tribe. And that's the lesson. That's what you need to focus on. Whether it's in your business or in your personal life, how you are showing up in the world, if you are feeling like you are not surrounded by your people, if you feel like, oh, the business that I'm trying to launch, I don't see how this business is going to fit in because the people I'm talking to now don't really get it. They don't really understand it. That's okay. Maybe those are park people and maybe you're not a park person. Maybe you need to keep searching. And if you do keep searching, you are going to find your tribe. So that was the first lesson from the bush and I really appreciated that one. The second lesson was... Every day is a repetition that yields different lessons, okay? So every single day, we would wake up in the morning, we'd have a cup of tea. 
Mike and Juju would leave and they would go on a little drive to go and take their photographs because that's what they like to do. They like to take photographs and the early morning light is the best light to do it, blah, blah, blah. So they would go and do that while Ratty and I would lie in bed, we'd have our cup of tea and we would slowly get ready for the day, right? Then Mike and Juju would come back and then the repetition would stop. We'd unpack the fridge and pack it into the cooler box. We would all take everything out of the house. We would take it and put it next to the car. Then poor Michael, my dad, he would have to repack the car every single morning. It would never fit in exactly as it did the night before. There was no rhyme or reason, no system, right? So the same way he had done it the day before, he could not do it the same the next day. So it was this, this game of Tetris of now right, trying to repack the car. Eventually, the car would be repacked. We'd have to go back into the house to check five or six times. Have we forgotten anything? Where's this thing? Where's that thing? The things that we would need for the day to be in the car. Where's the camera? Where's the water? Do you have this? Where's the map book? Don't even get me started on the map book. I can't tell you how many times Michael looked at the map book. But there would be that repetition, right? Pack the car. And then we would slowly start to leave the camp. We'd put the keys in the little box as you leave the camp gates. And then we would slowly start to drive. Every day we would have this intention of, oh, we're going to stop and have breakfast at one of the park stops, you know, at about 10 o'clock. And it always, without fail, would land up being 12 o'clock where now we're starving and we haven't eaten and everyone's getting, you know, like on each other's nerves before we would stop but we'd stop, we'd have lunch, then we'd get back in the car again and we'd drive slowly 30 kilometers an hour, making our way to the next spot. And when we get to the next spot, we unpack the car, carry everything into our little cottage, unpack the cooler box, pack it into the fridge, pour a glass of wine, make a fire, cook dinner, sit around, eat dinner, and then go to bed. Every single day, that is what we did, right? But every single day, we did not get the same result. Even though we did the same actions, we would get a different result. There would be a different outcome. There would be a different lesson for the day. Maybe today we have seen something so incredible. You know, we would be driving and we would see so much game and it would just be, you would just feel like, wow, this is a really good successful day if seeing game is the thing that you use as a benchmark for success. But maybe we would do the exact same thing and drive and then today we don't see anything or we see different animals today or we just have a different experience today. And the lesson there that every day is a repetition that, deal, that yields different lessons. And again, applying this to your life, if you feel like you are just going through the motions and you're almost stuck and you're in this pattern and I just do I just wake up and get dressed and go to work and see the same people and do the same things and then just come home and make dinner and watch Modern Family and go to bed? Like, is that my routine? Is that all I'm doing? Is that all life is? And I want to say to you that yes and no. Yes, you might be repeating and doing the same things, but really open yourself up for the different things that are happening, the different lessons, the different experiences that are happening within the repetition of your day. And when you really start to notice those things, that becomes the excitement. And those things can become the nudges that actually send you down different directions, right? So very important if that's in your business or your personal life, yes, the repetition can actually be powerful because it can yield different lessons. The third thing, uh, the third lesson, should I say, from the bush was sometimes someone will see a lion but only be interested in birds. Right now, this was a crazy lesson for me to realize. We were driving through the park and let me also just point out that I did all the driving in the park. 
right? So I was the dedicated driver and I would drive from the morning. We would leave camp at about nine and we would get to our next camp at five, right? Or yeah, four o'clock, I think we would get to camp. So I would drive all day. And as the driver, I would assume that now we're in a big park, that seeing a lion would be a big deal, right? You would think so. Like that is the biggest possible, most exciting thing that you could see when you are in the park. But that turned out not to be true. It turned out not to be true because Mike and Juju were not that excited about lions. I mean, we literally saw lions and they would be like, oh, yeah, that's a lion. But let's just keep driving. Just keep going. And Ratty and I would be like, okay, but it's a fucking lion. You know, there's a fucking lion over here and we're just going to keep driving. Anyway, so we did. And then 30 meters down the road, Juju would see a bird and it would be like, stop the car, stop the car. Oh my goodness, Michael, can you see that bird? What bird is it? Get the binoculars, get the bird book. And we would stop and we would park on the side of the road for like 15 or 20 minutes while Mike and Juju took 20 different photos of the same bird and looked it up in the bird book and spoke about the bird and really just spent the time just looking at the bird. But when we saw a lion five minutes earlier, if we stopped for one minute to look at the lion, it was a big deal. Because sometimes someone will see a lion, but only be interested in birds. And really the lesson there is like, don't ever think that you are too small or too uninteresting. There is literally someone who is looking for you. There is someone who is going to drive past a lion and stop and marvel at the wonder that is you. And they are going to get so damn excited to find you. And they are going to bypass everybody else to find you. So you can apply this to yourself in your business. If you have a business and you think to yourself, oh my God, but my business is not as amazing and not as big as that person over there. Look what they're doing. Obviously, everyone in the world wants to work with them or everyone in the world is interested in their business. And I'm here to tell you that no, that's actually not true. There are people out there that don't give a shit about the lion that want to go past the lion because that's not exciting to them. But when they see the bird, which I personally thought was just like, oh, well, that's just a teeny tiny little bird. It's just a bird. Who cares? There are people that care. My parents stopped and stuck their heads out of windows with their huge big lenses on their cameras and marveled at the bird. So don't let yourself get discouraged in your business or in your life, if you are looking around and you're thinking everyone is a lion, everyone is a lion and I'm not a lion, please do not worry. There are people that are looking for you and when they find you, they're going to be so damn excited. So keep being you. Right, the next lesson, and it kind of ties into the first one, is lesson number four, even a lion can get boring if it doesn't do anything new for a while. Right. So eventually, after the first time that we saw the lion and we had to move past it, Ratty and I were like, guys, this is a lion. When we see a lion next time, we are going to stop. OK, we want to stop. We want to see the lions. For us, it's a big deal. So Mike and Juju were like, OK, OK, next time we see a lion, we'll stop for the lion. So the next time we did, we did stop for the lion. And 
it is very exciting. I mean, to see a lion is a big deal. And so you stop and you look out the window and quite honestly, during the day, the lions are quite lazy. You know, they've used all their energy at night to go hunting or they've probably just eaten. So when you do come across a lion, it's because it's full and it's just chilling. So we would stop and we'd be very excited. Oh my God, look, a lion, a lion. But after five minutes of looking at a lion just sitting under a tree or, you know, just, yeah, just dozing in the sunshine, you kind of start to think like, okay, lion, like do something. I acknowledge that you're a lion. I acknowledge that you're interesting, but do something. It's almost like entertain me, lion, you know? And the lesson in that, that even a lion can get boring if it doesn't do anything new for a while, is in your business, in your life, in your relationship, it doesn't really matter. But don't rely on the fact that you are a lion and that people are still going to be interested in you. Even if you do reach that level, even if you are the lion in your business, in your field, don't get lazy and rely on your status. Keep moving and evolving. Keep showing up. Keep making it interesting. Because yes, people are going to stop and look at you. They are because you're a motherfucking lion. But they're going to get bored very quickly because you're not doing anything new. You need to keep people interested. You need to keep people entertained. Right? And this is very much when it comes to your business. How are you showing up in your business where you are not only the lion that is getting people to stop and take notice of you just by default, just based on your reputation, but how are you going to keep them interested? How are you going to get people who have so much choice and people who have a short attention span, people who live in a state of instant gratification, who are constantly looking for something more, something bigger, what are you going to do to keep them entertained? Being a lion is not enough. You've got to keep moving. You have to keep evolving. The next lesson, lesson number five, you can drive for hours and feel like you'll never see anything. And then suddenly you round the corner and there's a leopard, right? Because that's literally what happened. We drove and we drove and we drove. And it's like you can only drive 30 kilometers an hour. So it's quite slow. You drive and it's dusty and you just see, you know, the same little buck over and over again. And the first time you see them, you're like, oh, cute, a buck. And then you're like, a buck, a buck, a buck. And quite honestly, it's the same thing. Even like, I love a giraffe, right? Absolutely love a giraffe. Um, but sometimes it's like, okay, I've seen 50 giraffe. I'm kind of like over it now. So you're driving and you're driving and you think, oh my God, okay, I'm so bored now. You know, like there's nothing new. I haven't seen anything new for a while. And so you kind of almost like, you know, glaze over, you lose focus. You're not really paying attention anymore. And then suddenly you will around a corner and just there it is. There is a leopard. We had been searching for a leopard for days. It's really hard to find a leopard. Um, and then on this one particular day, so boring, so quiet, we're just driving, 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 and there around the corner, there it was, this beautiful leopard on the side of the road, and it actually walked across the road in front of us, so we were really able to see it. It was amazing and fantastic, and it was right after, after we'd been stuck in like hours and hours of really just seeing nothing, and so the lesson there for you in your business 
is keep going. Yes, it might feel sometimes as if, you know, you're just slogging along and you're going through the motions and you're just doing the things, but you're not really seeing any results or you're not seeing any changes. Keep going. You will want to give up so many times, but your big break could be just around the next corner. So keep going. Keep showing up. Keep the faith that your leopard is coming. Lesson number six, sometimes the most exciting things are close to your camp and right next to the road. Okay, I cannot tell you how often we would leave camp in the morning and you think to yourself, like you're still busy settling in, you know, in the morning, everyone's trying to like just find their zone and Juju's always in the back seat and she's trying to get comfortable with her pillow. Ratty is almost always just silent first thing in the morning, not really talking. She just gets in the car and she just goes into her internal little space and she's like, everybody, just just let me be for a while. And I'm always driving and then Mike is in the passenger seat next to me looking at the map book because I swear to God that man had to look at the map book at least I don't even want to exaggerate and lie to you. I'm going to say at least 50 times a day, he'd pick up the map book. He doesn't believe in like GPS and, you know, Google Maps and things. He uses an old fashioned map book. But anyway, so he'd be there sitting next to me, looking at the map book, telling me we're going to go this route. Me telling him, I can't read a map. Please don't tell me these things. Just when we get to a fork in the road, tell me left or right. I'll be fine. Um, And so we're not even thinking in that moment, because we're so busy settling in and we're just trying to like get comfortable and we think that everything that we're looking for is ahead of us. We think it's out there. We think that we have got into the car. We are now driving toward, we're on the journey toward our rewards. And by rewards, I mean all the animals we want to see, right? So we're not even that focused on what's around us. And I cannot tell you how many mornings we would come just outside of our camp, just outside of the gates, and right there, right near the camp, would be these amazing animals. The one morning we saw a hyena on the side of the road, you know. One morning we came across a pack of wild dogs. Now, a wild dog might not sound very exciting to you. You just think like, you know, a pack of wild Labradors. It's not that. Wild dogs are actually quite rare and quite a thing to see in the park. Um, for me, I didn't really find them that exciting, to be honest. But like my dad's bucket list was he wanted to see wild dogs on this trip. Um, and so the one morning, not even a kilometer away from the camp and right there on the side of the road in the dust where the sun had just been warming up the, the dust of the road, there was an entire pack of wild dogs. Right? It was so easy for us that we could have missed it because we're thinking that the things that we are looking for are so far ahead of us and we're, we're just starting out. We're in the beginning of the journey. Why would, we, why would we have any wins? Why would we see things right now? And so how easy it could have been for us to miss these things. We saw, what did we see? We saw hyenas, which are the most disgusting looking creatures ever, but I always get very excited seeing a hyena for some reason. Um, So we saw the hyenas, we saw wild dogs, we saw lions, we saw so many things first thing in the morning, right on the side of the road. And really the lesson there is you don't have to rush and spend your time looking to the future and looking to the horizon for big, exciting things. The magic is probably really close by and available to you. 
And again, this, this can come down to it in your business. When you think you're just starting out in business and what am I going to do and look at everybody else and this is the journey and once I've got a thousand followers, then this is going to happen. So let me just focus on that. And once I've signed up this client, then I'll be able to do this. And once I have, you know, been in business for two years, then I'll be able to have a podcast. And we, we so... We spend so much time looking ahead and creating these timelines and thinking the things that we want are further away from us than they actually are. Sometimes the thing that you are looking for is really close by and available to you. The most exciting things are close to your camp and right next to the road. And the last and final lesson that I received and learned in the bush was the people you are with will have the greatest impact on your journey, right? Now, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, putting four Schroeders together in a confined space and then making them move around from camp to camp every single day and putting them under the pressure of some people like to do this. Some people are morning people. Some people are night people. Some people want to drink wine at 11 o'clock in the morning. I am some people. Um, and other people think you should only drink wine at 5 p.m. In the, in the day. I am not those people. That's juju. You know, and putting us all together and then making us drive for like a week. There's just so much potential for, you know, for confrontation and for escalation of confrontation and, and all these things. But... It was actually so beautiful. And Ratty and I, who both do a lot of work and conversations around self-development and mindset, and we're constantly looking at why do we do things the way we do? And why do we think this about this? And sometimes in the car, like Michael would say something <laughs> and Ratty and I would just I would look in the rearview mirror and make eye contact at her and we would just look at each other and we would burst out laughing because we'd be like, oh my God, that's why we behave that way in a certain situation because look at Michael, he's doing the exact same thing right now. And we would honestly, we would be in hysterics just thinking like, oh my God, you know, like this explains so much about us. So it was able to shine a light onto ourselves and this mirror, this reflection back at us of, you know, takes this responsibility and understand and the lessons. But it's also how much support you can have and how much fun you can have. And the people around you are going to impact you the most when it comes to your experience of anything, whether that is an experience of you being in the bush, whether it's the experience of you being in a relationship and finding love, whether it is the experience of you connecting with yourself and working through your own issues and, you know, really getting in touch and trying to understand who you are as a person, whether it is you wanting to go into business, the people that you surround yourself with are going to make the greatest impact on your journey. So choose your support system wisely. In your business, make sure that you are working with people who hold you accountable and who push you whilst also having your best interest in heart. In your relationships, in your friendships, make sure that your trip through that bush is the best one because you are with the best people. Right. When it comes to your relationships, make sure that you are not getting involved or committing yourself too early to somebody who has not shown you that they are worthy and deserving of you going on that journey with them. 
When it's you launching your business and wanting to start out in business, let me tell you, it is a very rocky road. There is so much that comes up for you and most of it is about mindset. My advice to you is hire a coach. Work with a coach that is able to support you and hold you accountable and laugh with you and remind you and teach you the lessons, the lessons that they've already learned. Work with somebody who's just a few steps ahead of where you are right now. You don't have to go and look for the lion. You might see the lion, the lion of of the coaching world or the lion of the business world of whatever industry you're in and you look and you think, oh, I need to be just like that person, but that person is so far away from me. No, you just need to find and work with somebody who's just a few steps ahead of you. Someone who's already lived through what you've lived through, who's experienced, who's learned, who can share with you, who can hold your hand, who can guide you, inspire you, because the people that you choose to take on your journey with you are going to make the biggest, biggest impact. And those, my darling friends, are my seven lessons from the bush. It was a crazy week. It was so much fun. I absolutely loved every minute of it. I look back now and I'm just like, wow, I'm really, really glad that we did that. But in the moment, while we were having some of these moments and some of these lessons that were coming through, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of things, a lot of feelings, a lot of laughs. I'm so glad that I had Ratty there. She would sit behind me in the car and every so often she would just reach her hand out and just put it on my shoulder and we'd be like, okay, yeah, we got this, we got this. And it was usually when we've just, you know, driven past a line and stopped for 20 minutes busy looking at a bird, we'd be like, okay, this is, these are our people. We don't have to understand it, but these are our people. And we might not be park people, but we are certainly Schroeter people. Anyway, my darlings, thank you so much. I hope that as this week goes through, as you start this week, should I say, and as you're moving through this week, that some of these lessons, even just one of these lessons that I've shared with you today, that it has resonated with you and you were able to think about it and apply it to some area of your life and you thought, fuck, yes, that's exactly right. And I'm going to, I'm now going to see this this area, this struggle, this time in my life, this person, this place, this whatever, through the lens of this bush lesson. And I hope that it helps you and guides you. And uh, yeah, on that note, I'm going to leave you. Have a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful week. And I'm sending you all the good vibes.